right now on the Ringer Gambling Feed and all throughout the entire month of August, the East Coast Bias Boys are getting you ready to bet the NFL this season. We're going through each and every single division and revealing our favorite futures, predicting division winners, and even giving you some award winners. Do we think the Kansas City Chiefs will repeat or will they be dethroned? Tune in now to find out on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. It's New York, New York, presented by FanDuel. The second half of the NBA season is here, and you can bet on the action with an assist from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub. Filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays. And same game parlays, all on one page. Plus, Start betting on the Explore page and the Pulse and Bet Live. Same game parlays for every NBA game. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit theringer.com slash RG to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus and present. In select states, gambling problem, call 100Gambler or visit theringer.com slash RG. This episode is brought to you by Lululemon. Guys, if you're ready for a new pair of pants, try one of Lululemon's ABC pants. They're made to make you look and feel good. And there's lots of different styles to choose from. My favorite, because I walk around LA every day, I like the joggers. I'm not jogging, I'm just walking fast. But if you're working out, I would try them out. And if you want something a little sleek, maybe business-like, maybe try the ABC slim fit trouser, but I am a joggers guy. I just, once COVID happened, I was just like, I'm, I want to wear jogging pants and joggers and all kinds of soft pants as much as I possibly can, especially when I'm working out. Ultra comfortable and versatile. ABC pants are really in a league of their own. Buy a pair right now at lululemon.com. Let's roll, baby. Welcome in. It is a Friday edition of New York, New York. We're yours truly, J.J. John Jastrzemski. We're cooking right here on the Ringer Podcast Network. And a lot to digest. We spent the morning at New York Giants camp, Stefan and I. So we have a couple of takeaways from what we saw. Uh, we'll have one of the breakout Giants from a year ago. Isaiah Hodgins is going to spend a couple of minutes with us. We'll be back at Giant camp. We'll have a bunch more guys. Over the next couple of weeks, want to get a lay of the land, want to get a sense for what was going on out there. But before we get to all the football, we'll have Raheem Palmer and do some futures on the NFL. The New York Yankees, despite this incredibly frustrating season that they've given us here in 2023, where there's a whole lot to be disgusted about. They're on the outside looking in when it comes to the postseason. They have their work cut out if they're even going to find their way into the postseason. All of that being on the table, this week has been absolute gold when it comes to content from a Yankee perspective. A whole lot of embarrassing content from a Yankee perspective. And today... I think in many ways was like the icing on the cake because what has been one of the great mysteries around the Yankees over the last 
eight to ten weeks. The mystery has been, what in God's name happened to Anthony Rizzo? Anthony Rizzo went from one of the best first basemen in the American League, a guy who on Memorial Day weekend was positioned to go and be an all-star, who was putting up great numbers, who was on pace for all sorts of quality numbers, average, home runs, RBIs, you name it. And it all changed Memorial Day weekend when he collided with Fernando Tatis Jr. And the Yankees, for weeks, have downplayed any notion that Anthony Rizzo could have been hurt. He's fine. He's fine. He's fine. Well, we find out on Thursday that Rizzo is finally going to the injured list with post-concussion syndrome. The injury, mind you, happened Memorial Day weekend. And I understand, look, concussions are tricky. We went through it with my Dolphins and Tua and everything that happened last year in the NFL. Sometimes one can slip through the cracks, even if you try to go through the protocols and whatnot. But here's my issue. If you're the Yankees and you're watching Rizzo, is it bats in June? Is it bats in July? When does it get to a point where you say, something is off here. Let's spell him. Let's send him back to the doctor. Let's get this straightened out. They're playing him two days in a row when he's feeling woozy in Baltimore. What is going on here? That, that, that's malpractice from a medical perspective. Now, I'm not a doctor. And I know we get on the Yankees all the time for not playing guys like Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge with, what, a foot injury now? We're comparing to concussions? Come on now. The Yankees should have had Rizzo on the shelf a long, long time ago. At least there is some answer now to what has gone wrong with a guy who was one of your more productive players last year and was one of your more productive players in the first two months of the year. We finally got our answer. He's still feeling the effects of that collision and of that concussion. And it's unacceptable that it took this long to figure it out. Whether that's on a Yankee team doctors, whether it's on the Yankees, whatever the case may be. It should not have come to this. I hope everything ends up A-OK for Anthony Rizzo. Who knows when you're going to see him on the field, but you hope his overall mental, physical well-being is going to be where it needs to be. But this has been a brutal week for the Yankees, from the inactivity at the trade deadline to Aaron Boone early in the week telling you he's okay with the competitive fight of the lineup when they go and strike out 18 times. And then you get to everything that has transpired with Domingo Herman and his alcohol abuse and the ridiculous and lewd and embarrassing behavior that apparently he had in the Yankee clubhouse the other day where he's basically mocking Ron Marinaccio as he's getting sent down in the minor leagues and he's acting all sorts of belligerent. And there's no doubt in my mind, the armpit, quote-unquote, injury and the idea of Herman not starting that game the other day against Tampa, I don't think it had anything to do with an armpit injury. You know, the Yankees try to tell me whatever the hell they want. I don't believe them. Armpit injury, my ass. My ass. They clearly did not want Domingo Herman and what was going on with his situation getting out. And I'm sure... Listen, 
this wasn't the first time this happened. There is no way in the world. You know, I talked to a couple of people who've been around big league clubhouses when I'm here at SNY. And when that story broke, I said, that can't be the first time, right? And all of them kind of looked at me and said, no shot. Those guys are in the war rooms. They are in the battles. They are in the clubhouses. And now you're looking probably at the end of Domingo Herman with a New York Yankee. And that's a guy who needs to get his life in order. You know, we spent a month and a half ago talking about the retribution angle of Domingo Herman after the domestic violence and coming back from that and throwing a perfect game for the New York Yankees. Now he's thrown his last pitch in 2023 and he ends up in rehab. So think about this for a minute. All these stories bubbling, brewing around the New York Yankees. In many ways, giving off Will Pond Met vibes. And on the field, because of the needy, ochre nature of the American League wildcard, they keep hanging around, hanging around, hanging around. Am I going to get nuts that they've now won two games in a row? No. Was this a quality win against the reigning World Series champs and a team that owns them in the Houston Astros? Yeah, it was a quality win. They had back-to-back home runs. It's nice to see John Carlos Stanton show up for the 2023 season, finally hitting the ball out of the ballpark. And if they have any prayer to make the postseason, which I know many of you, myself included, are conflicted on. Conflicted on whether it's a good thing if the Yankees find their way to October baseball, squeaking out that last wild card spot. If they're going to accomplish that quote-unquote objective, I can't even say goal, because if that's a goal in Yankee land, then shame on you. That's how well the bar has fallen. That's a disgrace. But they need Stanton to start hitting, and he has. Volpe with the big hit to give you the lead, and then the bullpen does the rest. Big pitching for Michael King. Clay Holmes, outside of like the first two weeks of the year, has been one of the best relievers in all baseball, and he's pitching to like a sub one ERA since. And the Yankees will go into the weekend Two and a half games out with more, quote-unquote, meaningful baseball to play. With all these shitstorms that are surrounding the organization. Weird. Really no other way to put it. A lot of embarrassing stories, and yet baseball still to be played. So, you'll see Verlander this weekend, and there's not much to say from a Met perspective. These games... If you think on New York, New York, between now and the end of the year, you're getting some comprehensive breakdowns of any other Met game that is played throughout the rest of the year, you got another damn thing coming. There's not much to discuss. The season is over. They traded everybody away. They basically mailed in three games against Kansas City. Who cares? Who cares? It's on to 2024 for the New York Mets. The takeaway I have from today is what you heard from Verlander in meeting with the media for the first time since becoming a Houston Astro once again. And basically, Justin Verlander, gave you the run-through of, yeah, everything Max Scherzer had said to Ken Rosenthal, everything you've heard from Lindor and Brandon Nimmo, he backed up. The idea that the Mets maybe are not going to have the same approach that they did this offseason and last offseason when it comes to spending an insane amount of money. Now, that statement doesn't mean the Mets aren't going to spend. So I think you're making a mistake if you're jumping to that conclusion. But basically, Verlander was like, look, you traded away these guys. You gave me an opportunity to return home to a place where I won two World Series championships. I'm going to take it. I think 
in many ways, though, he was as stunned as anybody that he's back wearing the same uniform. And, you know, Justin Berlander in like 10 years in a Met uniform is going to make a great immaculate third question. But it's like, wow, you remember that first half that Justin Verlander spent with the New York Mets? It's going to go down as one of those like, wow, I can't believe that happened type of moments. But that's where we stand. We'll see Verlander back at Yankee Stadium Saturday wearing an Astro uniform and the Mets can go on their merry way and get ready for 2024. Not going to be a whole lot of Mets uh, as far as this season. A lot more Mets about the bigger picture. And when we do our top 15 New York list, which will be coming up right at the end of the month, the Mets, who had a lot of guys prominently featured last year, they are not going to have a whole lot of guys that are prominently featured this year. That is for sure. Now, a couple of football thoughts. We were at Giant Camp today. And, you know, you gain an appreciation, number one, for being out of training camp, for the men and women that cover the team. And they, uh, we're out there, you know, Stefan and I, we're, we're excited. We don't go very often. So, like, the idea of seeing the guys in practice doing their thing, working out the kinks, it's cool to us. The guys and the gals who are out there every day are like, wow, we are, we are so freaking sick of this. Just get us to the start of the regular season. Um, and I don't get nuts about what you see on seven-on-seven seven practices. But if there's a takeaway that I could give you guys from being out of practice, Jalen Hyatt can absolutely fly. The Tennessee wide receiver who they brought in, he strikes me as a guy that should be a big play, down-the-field threat for Daniel Jones. Can he deal with the physicality of what corners are going to be providing him in the NFL? I think that's something to watch. But as far as burst, as far as being able to go and be that home run hitter, Daniel Jones throws a good deep ball. We didn't see a whole lot of it last year because the Giants didn't have a whole lot of guys that could go and stretch the field. He's somebody that can do it. I think by the end of this year, he's going to have a pretty big role within the offense. I think you'll see that rookie you know, learning curve a little bit. There's a lot of competition for the Giants at wide receiver. But Hyatt, by the end of this year, having an impact on the Giants is something I have circled. Now, Hall of Fame game, who the hell cares? With preseason, nobody got hurt of significance. It's one game that you can get off the ledge, get ready for joint practices, get Aaron Rodgers ready for Buffalo in week one, and away we go. But for folks who are going to draw conclusions, one way or another, when it comes to Zach Wilson, and what you see in preseason games for Zach Wilson, what are we doing? Who cares? You know when I will know if Zach Wilson has turned the corner? Whenever he gets the chance to play in meaningful NFL action again. Not in the preseason against third-string defenses. In the event there's an Aaron Rodgers injury and he has to play this year. That's what I'm going to learn about. If he ever gets an opportunity to start, whether it's with the Jets or somebody else. That's when I'm going to learn about him. Is it right now? Please. But we're going nuts because he threw a deep ball down the field against third-string defenses? Who cares? All the spin that's going to come out of Jetland is, oh, we're going to fix that. We're going to fix that. We're going to fix that. Well, really? Let's see when the money counts, if the opportunity is presented, if all of a sudden he is fixed. Then you could start making those proclamations. Then you could start sharing maybe that excitement that in three or four years he could take back over for Aaron Rodgers. You want to talk about a bizarre scenario. That would be as bizarre a scenario as imaginable. If we're talking about this beleaguered number two overall pick at some point in time getting a chance to take his job and taking a man away from a Hall of Famer whenever he decides to call it quits. 
the preseason and what you see in some of these meaningless games is not going to lead you to that grand conclusion. Hate to break it to you. All right. Uh, we should have some fun with some voice bells. Uh, we're getting right out of the gate. 917-382-1151. Very eventful week. That is for sure. All right, Steph. Let's hear it, baby. Hey, JJ. It's Ryan over in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. I uh, want to talk about my Yankees. Well, our Yankees. Uh, listen, Cashman's been around way too long. I feel like his voice just isn't heard in the room anymore. He has been around since 1998, okay? I was in preschool when that season started, and I was in kindergarten when that season ended. I'm going to be 30 years old in November. I'm losing my hair, and I'm turning gray. This guy's been around way too long. I understand everyone's house Hal's cheap, but the payroll is still up there. Isn't Brian Cashman just distributing the money terribly? I, I mean, I, it's just unbelievable. And can I be honest with you? What is with the damn patch on the Yankees jersey? It's disgusting, okay? I can't stand on how it does cry poverty. What did his father buy the team for 10, 11 million dollars? What's it worth now? Five, six billion? Hey, come on, give me a damn break. And by the way, Aaron Boone needs to go. A real manager, please. Remember what happened in 2018? The Red Sox hired Alex Cora. The Yankees hired Aaron Boone. Where was Alex Cora the year before? Oh, he was the bench coach in the World Series champion Astros. With an asterisk, obviously. But where was Aaron Boone? Oh, he was in a ESPN booth. Give me a break. It's time for a real manager. It's time for an overhaul. Ugh, I can't take it anymore. Later, man. So, Ryan, listen, I feel that frustration. And part of the conflicted feelings that I have about the Yankees making a run for this this last wildcard spot is, is the change that I desire and I crave. And the change that you desire and you crave, is it going to happen if we're talking about the Yankees as a playoff team? I don't even know if it's going to happen if the Yankees are not a playoff team. According to Buster Olney, Michael Case show a couple of days ago basically said, I don't think it matters. I think the whole gang be coming back. So they're stale organization. And as far as their payroll, look, there have been instances where I've been angry about the fact that you know, the Yankees did not go the extra mile, whether that's adding, let's say, a left fielder in this offseason when they obviously should have done that. Or you think about other years when they missed out on some of the bigger free agents that would have been better compliments to this team than some of the other guys that they ended up bringing in. I think you could get on them for that. But yeah, their payroll is still high enough to go and put a championship caliber product on the field. They have mismanaged the money. I mean, paying Josh Donaldson Two years, $50 million as a perfect example. And one note on the patch. Look, I know you don't like it. I know most Yankee fans aren't going to like it. That's the reality of baseball and sports these days. Hate to say that. And you might want the Yankees to be above that. That's tough to pass up. Here's my, my issue, though. You want to get in the fray of getting the advertising dollars, be my guest. But then I don't want to hear about a luxury tax from the Yankees' perspective. That's That, to me, is where it's like, okay, we know what you're getting from Star Insurance. Don't sit there and try to tell me, oh, well, that luxury tax, it's such a burden on us. It's a killer for us. Please. That's when it's like, maybe take some of that Star Insurance money and just uh, dish out the checks that way. Okay? 
Who's next? Hey, JJ, it's Anthony from Tom's River. I just heard that the Anthony Rizzo uh, injury with this concussion, and it, it just even more infuriated me with this, with this Yankee team, and more so just the franchise in general. You know, I remember as a kid, you know, having Steinbrenner as the owner and realizing even as like a 15, 16-year-old kid how lucky I was that we had an owner that always wanted to compete. And the Yankees were just, you know, they were just such a great franchise. They had great people working in that organization from Gene Stickmichael to Joe Torre leading the team and, and all the coaches that went along with it. And obviously the players were as great and professional as clutch as ever. And this franchise just seems to have taken a, a turn for the worst. And it's just incompetence at the highest level, whether it's with Cashman, with Boone, and even figuring out like this whole medical history now with, with Anthony Rizzo over the past two months. You know, you look at the, what the New York Giants were after two Super Bowls with Eli, and they just went in, the, went in the tank, and how quickly things turn, even when you're winning, and just how the Giants were one of the worst-run franchises in, like, the last five or six se- uh, seasons during that time period. It was embarrassing, and it looks like they are able to now right the ship with Brian Dayball. You look at the Knicks, they were a joke for, you know, after that, those great 90s teams for, like, 20 years, 15 years or so. They look like they turn around, and it all comes with changing of the guard. And, look, Brian Cashman had a great run in New York, but I think his time is up. I was at the game on Wednesday, and you can hear the fire Cashman chance as soon as uh, that first inning home run happened with Wanda Franco. Um, it's just it's just an embarrassing point in this, uh, in, in this season and over the past five or six seasons. And just kind of want to get your take on where this franchise is and where, where it can go and how it can get better. All right. Thanks, JJ. Yeah, look, they've had a week that has been reminiscent of what we saw for years with the Wilpon Mets. Remember Ryan Church, Willie Randolph getting fired at 3 in the morning. Like, I, I can give you a laundry list of examples. Misdiagnosing injuries. Some of this stuff is their fault. Some of this stuff is not their fault. Like, what happened with Domingo Herman is not their fault. But do I sense a little foul play about maybe a little hush-hush, wink-wink, armpit injury? Yeah, I do. And I'm sorry, for those of you that are saying I'm being unfair to the Yankees, my counter would be, they told me for months Anthony Rizzo was fine. They downplay... The Aaron Judge injury when it happened. Like, I don't trust them. They haven't earned my trust. Like, this week has been an absolute you-know-what show. And then they win a game today. And listen, it was a good win. I'm not going to lie. It was a good win. It was one of their better wins of the year. But it just puts you in such, like, a weird spot. Did anybody feel that way watching these games over the last couple of days? Where it's like, man. It's hard to feel like that, that all-in commitment that you want to have for a team making a push. That's what you had with the Knicks this year. Where you were like, you all-in on what they were doing because it felt good. The Giants, what they were doing last year, it felt good. Because even the Yankees last year in regular season, it felt good. They won a bunch of games. Ended terribly in the postseason, but 
I mean, almost won 100 games. Now, did a lot of that damage in the first three months of the year, but there's been a real embarrassing year. Embarrassing year. And I'm very curious to see how these next, like, seven weeks are going to play out. Because if 2023 is going to tell us anything in the Yankee land, it's probably only going to get more strange, more wacky, and more off the wall over the next few weeks. Interesting. The team may stink. They may be uh, unwatchable at times. They've provided some levels of intrigue. I can't say they haven't. All right, let's take two more. JJ, still from Bedford. Um, I just want to start out by saying I was in favor of all the moves Mets made at the deadline. I thought they pivoted well. I thought that this, that the core that they had had no chance of future success and they need to reset in order to compete. Having said that, this is the low point for the last decade. Getting swept by this Royals team it is about as low as you can think. And I don't, I don't care who you've traded. There is no excuse for that ever. Okay. And the reason that this is happening and it's allowed is starts at the manager. Okay. Buck's press conference after they get swept by the lowly Kansas City Royals and almost get shut out in back to back games. But it should be a shutout, you know, given Lindor Homer with two outs in the ninth. He said these, these are real quotes. We hit six balls on the nose. When we hit the ball hard, they were making plays on us. Another quote. I can rattle off four to five things today I was proud of, proud of. Another quote. Hopefully the guys will grow from their mistakes. Where is there any accountability? When you get swept by the Royals, not the Braves, not the Dodgers, not a team that's playing well, when you get swept by the Royals, the message has to be this play cannot be tolerated. This is unacceptable. But you know what? They're going through the motions. They're quitting on the season. And it is going to get ugly playing out the strings these next, playing out the string these next two months. And you know what? They still have Alonzo on the roster. They still have Lindor on the roster. There is no excuse to not be competitive. I'm not saying they're making the playoff, but you do not fold it up. I thought that it was going to be a, actually sort of a fun two months to see what the young players have. You know, see if Alvarez, Beatty, Vientos, maybe Mauricio comes up and, and, you know, provide some hope for the future. Instead, we're seeing Arayuz and seeing uh, Ortega. Who are these people? We're back to the days of, of fucking Soup Campbell and, and, and John Mayberry hitting cleanup. Uh, I'm just disgusted. Later. Phil, listen, I wouldn't get nuts about these games. Who cares? I mean, the season's over. The season was over the minute they traded away uh, Scherzer, Robertson, and Justin Verlander. They quit in these games, though. There's no getting around that. They ran out a D-list lineup. Going through the motions is an understatement in this afternoon game against the Royals. Can we get Mauricio up here at some point? Like There, there are very few things that are going to pique my interest from a game perspective. And mind you, I'm stuck here watching all these games because I work at SOI. So I come on after all these games. Like, here's all you need to know. If I was not at SNY, these games would be so secondary for me for the Mets. We've all been there. Team's out of it, not much to see. It's getting the second TV, but I'm not really paying much attention to it. Now I'm here every day. I I can't escape it. So when they lose on a walk-off walk, I, I can't escape it. This afternoon, I'm doing baseball night in New York. In the event, you know, that it's, it's something we're going to talk about, I got to be ready. It's it's going to be some bad baseball for the next two months. That's that's my warning to you. So it may get better down the line, but don't uh, don't expect a whole lot. 
My advice would be tune out. Tune out. That, that'd be the best thing you can do. And, and start gearing up for whoever your football team may be. Maybe take a nice August vacation. A little time at LBI. A little time out in Sac Harbor, wherever you like to go. Montauk, uh, Ocean City, New Jersey. You know, I got to get some beach time in before the wedding. We are doing that next weekend. Looking forward to it. Then I'm going to get more beach time a couple of days after the wedding. And then I have Vegas, believe it or not, after the wedding. Quick trip. Got to sign up for the contest. I ran that by her the other day. She knows. The wedding will be done. So hopefully everybody's on cloud nine at that point. That's, that's my hope. All right, let's take one more. JJ, this is Anthony and Syosset. I said to you earlier in the year, whether it was a 10-game winning streak or a 10-game losing streak, that I was not going to get emotionally attached to the 2023 Yankees because I felt like running it back with the same lineup, basically the same team, uh, showed you what this front office, what this ownership group felt about, quote-unquote, going for it in the 2023 season. So I'm going to leave this voicemail to analyze, really maybe to psychoanalyze, the, the events in the last few days with Domingo Herman and Anthony Rizzo. Number one with Herman. We all know that this guy has had his issues in the past, the domestic violence, the, 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 the abuse, the sticky stuff. He, he's, you know, drama follows him around. We know that. So what I'm about to say is not me thinking that they are making up an incident from the other day. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is that teams across professional sports for a long, long time, have a way of sort of covering things up so that they don't make the player look bad. In this instance, the Yankees are doing the exact opposite. And I don't think it's a coincidence that they decide to go public with this a day or two after a trade deadline where they do nothing so that you have a front office that the entire fan base was ready to destroy. Now, in their eyes, try and look empathetic towards a player that is, you know, dealing with demons. Okay. So again, I'm not saying they made this up, but the way that they are going about handling it and in the public light, you can call me a, a cynic, you can call me a conspiracy theorist, you can call me anything you want. I don't think it's a coincidence. That's number one. Number two, and I want credit for this. I said it on the WhatsApp chat numerous times. There's proof. It's in writing. I said that Anthony Rizzo was not the same player ever since that incident at the, with the pickoff with Fernando Tatis in a game, JJ, that was two months ago. So now you are telling me two months later, they all of a sudden decide that this guy has a concussion. You are a fan of the Miami Dolphins. You obviously are going through a lot with your quarterback in terms of concussion. The minute that they, they sense anything, any sort of symptom, he's not playing. They, so you're telling me now that, listen, it's like the scene in the casino. They are either idiots for letting him play for two months with a concussion, or they are in on some sort of a lie, again, to cover themselves because it's going to be a failed season, and what they love to do is make the injury excuse. Judge was hurt. Now they can say Rizzo was hurt. They can say Nestor Cortez was hurt. I'm telling you, JJ, I, I said I wasn't going to get emotionally invested, and I'm not, and I don't root for losses. I don't root for last place, but the best thing at this point is as, as an embarrassing a finish to the season as can be that may, may, not definitely, but may lead to changes. Not wrong on it, Anthony. And that's the conflicting nature you have about seeing the Yankees win a couple of games here. This has been such a bizarre, disturbing week in Yankee land that it's like, I'm going to be all in on this team trying to get into the playoffs. 
so I can have more Brian Cashman and Aaron Boone and the analytics and the scouting department in my life. It's for for a team that's beyond stale. The fan base has had it. Like they may win a couple of games. Some of you might get suckered back in. Who knows? I might get suckered back in. They had as just like uneasy and as disturbing a week as they've had in Yankee Land in a long, long time. From this Rizzo concussion to Herman to the deadline to the manager. I mean, you name it. Interesting and not a good way. All right. We'll have Isaiah Hodgins grab him for a couple minutes right after Giant Camp. Really nice guy. Guy who really stepped up for the Giants in a big way and made some big catches. So we'll have a little fun with him. We'll have Raheem Palmer, who's my buddy on East Coast Bias. I know you guys are ready to start making some bets. AFCs, NFCs, futures, totals. We broke down the two divisions. We'll have some fun there. So Isaiah Hodgins, Raheem Palmer, back-to-back, belly-to-belly, coming up. Women's soccer is on the world stage, and there's no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because right now, new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Just go to FanDuel.com slash NYNY to join today. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to the number of corner kicks to which player will score the first goal, all on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. We'll see if the U.S. women find a way to get it done. Plus, with FanDuel, you can combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So, take a shot with a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash NYNY to sign up. Make every moment more with FanDuel. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit theringer.com slash RG. First online real money wager only. $10 deposit required. Refund issued is not withdrawable. Bonus bets which expire in seven days. Restrictions apply. See full terms at fanduel.com slash sportsbook. We got Isaiah Hodgins, receiver of the New York Giants. Tough act to follow after year one, man. How do we feel going into year two? Feel good, man. I feel confident just, uh, you know, trying to stack the days and just uh, keep building off last year. The knowledge of the offense, do you feel like you're in like a totally different place now, another year, more comfortable? Like kind of describe to me where you were last year at this time and where you are this year. You know, last year it was kind of just like a throw into the fire and like just go play, you know. But uh, this year I definitely feel more prepared. I feel more comfortable with the team, with the offense. So, you know, I'm just trying to find like the little details to try to improve off of last year. So. You got some big play threats now joining you on this offense. Talk me through Mr. Hyatt. He's fast, dude. Yeah, man. I mean, he's a burner. We brought in Hyatt, Campbell. I mean, we still got Slayton, Darren Waller. I mean, we got threats all over the place. So, I mean, um, the wider room could go, and we got, a, we got a lot of people who can make plays. We could plug anybody in at any different position. So, you know, I'm excited to see it this year. When you saw Darren Waller in person for the first time, were you like, dude, like, dude, he's not real, man, physically. He's way too big to be moving that fast. So, I mean, he, he's a freak of nature for sure. Uh, summertime. Now, like, when, what's your, like, New York thing to do? Like, do you hang here, like, in the offseason or whatnot, or are you out of here immediately? Uh, I, I was out on the West Coast for the most part, but I, I like it here, man. I was here for a little bit. Uh, you know, I like to hit the city, you know, um, kind of safari and, you know, just kind of chill by the piers or whatever and stuff like that. So, you know, it, it, I've learned some cool things about here. So. And I guess your fi- my final one for you, when does, like, that 
anticipation and excitement come thinking about week one, Sunday night football, Dallas Cowboys. Like, are you there right now? Does it, do you got to get through training camp? Like, when do you get to the point where you're like, hey, I'm ready to go? Yeah. I think uh, you you take training camp day by day first. You don't like think too far ahead, or else you're gonna get in a in a bad mental. You oh, know, coach is gonna get at you too. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, exactly. So you know, you take training camp and you build off of it. And, hey, like day by day, what do I need to work on to get ready for week one? And all right, like I need to build on this every day. And the more you do that, then you'll turn around and it'll be week one, and you're ready for it. So preparation, you know, that that's what it's all about. Thanks for a few minutes, man. Good luck this year, right? Thank you, man. This episode is brought to you by Lincoln in the all new 2024 Nautilus Hybrid featuring a customizable 48-inch panoramic display, available Revel audio system, and available perfect position front seats with active motion massage. Oh my God. The world isn't wide enough. Visit lincoln.com to learn more. Some models, trims, and features may not be available or may be subject to change. Check with your local retailer for current information. Lincoln and Nautilus are trademarks of Ford or its affiliates. This episode is brought to you by NetSuite by Oracle. As your business grows, you might start seeing some lag. There's too much work for your team, too many different processes, and it takes forever to close the books. If this sounds like you, you should know these three numbers, 37,000, 25, and one. 37,000 is the number of businesses that have upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle. It's a cloud financial system that can help streamline accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, and more. 25, that's how many years NetSuite has been helping businesses do more with less, and one, because your one-of-a-kind business deserves a customized solution for your KPIs. It's like when you come here for this podcast or when you check out your favorite website to gather all the info you need to make better decisions for your fantasy leagues. Well, NetSuite does that for your business and then some. It's one efficient system, one source of truth with everything you need to grow. Right now, download NetSuite's popular KPI checklist designed to give you consistently excellent performance absolutely free at netsuite.com slash ringer. That is netsuite.com slash ringer. So we're about a month out from this season getting underway. And I don't know if everybody knows this. I mean, you should. The bottom line is we have been crushing it now on the Ringer Gambling feed for about a year and a half. So in addition to everything I do over at New York, New York, I'm with Joe House and our next guest, the great Raheem the Dream Palmer, who is a Ringer addition for about a year and a half. He's our gambling savant. We spend a lot of time together during the NBA season, especially during the NFL season. So I figured, Raheem, first of all, welcome in. And isn't it perfect timing? Like a month before the start of the year, you make your New York, New York debut and give us a couple of futures. Let's go, baby. Yeah, I'm really excited. I mean, you guys do great things at New York, New York. I don't think things are going to go well for the New York teams, unfortunately. But we'll see what happens. (laughs) Well, listen, that's fine. I mean, you're here to give your queer and unbiased opinion. And that's what I expect you to do in breaking down the Jets and their number, breaking down the Giants and their number. Before we get into that, though, Raheem, you're somebody that's been doing this now for a while. I have been doing it for a while. Every strategy is different. What do you like to do in this buildup, in this lead up to the NFL season? There's so many like possibilities of, hey, all the over-unders, all the division prices, all the Super Bowl and AFC and NFC prices. What is the proper way for a casual better? Not the guy who's in it his day in and day out, but the casual better, Raheem. How do you advise they go about their business as they're getting ready for the football season? 
I mean, if they're getting ready for gambling or they're getting ready for fantasy football. Gambling. Um, no, no, I, no, 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 no. Forget the fantasy. Forget the fantasy. <laughs> if they're going to throw some bets down, give me the proper way they should be looking to do this. You know, like the great Warren Sharper, who, who is a part of the ringer, he comes out with a guide every single year. And I think the best way to make it easier for yourself is to get a guy like Warren Sharp and just read it. Like, it's, it's, it's about 300 pages or so, but we all love football. You wouldn't be here if you didn't love football. So just pick up that guide and just, you could read, you know, the ins and outs of every single team. He breaks down why you should go over, why you should go under. Just, I, I like to pick up guys like that. But if, I mean, if you're a hardcore guy and you're paying attention to the training camps, you're looking at all the beat writers on Twitter, um, you're looking at ESPN articles, you're looking at Ringo articles, you're just looking at, you're just reading everything you can get your hands on. But if you're just a casual, just pick up one of those guys from Warren Sharp, read that, and I think that's just actually straight. Okay, how much stock do you put into schedule? Because I'll give you a perfect example. The Giants, and I was at Giant Camp earlier today. They took advantage of what was a very soft schedule last year. They got the entire AFC South. I think we can both agree, Raheem. Worst division in the NFL last year, the putrid AFC South. They went 4-0 in that division. They did just enough to get to 9-7-1. and And full disclosure for everybody out there, Raheem was ahead of the curve because he was telling me in July and August of last year that the Giants were going to make the playoffs. I thought he was certifiably insane, and they found a way to make the postseason. But before I get to the Giants' chances, Raheem, schedule, how much stock do you put into that in what your preconceived notions are of certain teams as you're looking into over-unders and totals and whatnot? I think it's almost everything. When you look at, like, look at the New York Giants last year. I think you you, you get you named a, a great example. The New York Giants, they only had two wins against playoff teams last year. And that was the Ravens and the Jaguars in consecutive weeks. Every other team was just pretty much a bad team. So you look at, I mean, this is New York, New York. So if you look at the New York Jets, they start the season against the Buffalo Bills. Then they go to Dallas. Then they have to play the Patriots, the Chiefs. Then they're at Denver, and then they play the Eagles. That could destroy their season before it even gets started. So scheduling is everything. You go back to the NFC East. Last year, the Philadelphia Eagles had one of the easiest schedules in the league. So every analyst and every sharp was just picking the Eagles to win that division and possibly go to the Super Bowl. So the schedule is everything. Let's get to the Giants. So they're super well coached. They had this great breakout season from Daniel Jones. And they exceeded everybody's expectations. They go and get into the playoffs. They get the Minnesota Vikings, who, as we know, Raheem, were incredibly fraudulent last year. Their record in close games. They got a lot of lucky bounces. The analytics didn't believe in them. And sure enough, the analytics were right because they got bounced pretty easily by the Giants and couldn't get a stop when they needed to against the Giants. Then the Giants go play the Eagles, and the game was never in doubt. The game was over in the first five minutes of the game. You look at the Giant total right now. It's anywhere from seven to seven and a half. You look at the Giants to win the division. I mean, listen, they are clearly the third best team in this division. Philly, is it even money at minus 115? Dallas, is it plus 175? The Giants are at plus 700. But from a wins perspective, Raheem, everything about this team would say regression. Schedule's tougher. Had the first-year coach bounce. Like, we, we all know these are factors. I just have a hard time firing on the under. I think they're better. And I think the league stinks. So coaching could find a way, maybe somehow, some way to get them to nine wins. 
But there are a lot of signs and a lot of targets that might say, hey, according to a lot of the metrics that are out there, buy regression for the Giants. Are you buying regression for the Giants? I am buying regression from the Giants, but it's hard for me to back that win total. I think, what is it, seven and a half? I think it's seven and a half. That is correct. Seven and a half. Even money, both ways. The coaching isn't going to get worse. Now, the one thing that will regress is the turnovers. Like Daniel Jones, he didn't turn the ball over at all. Um, He also stayed healthy. Him and Saquon Barkley both were healthy. So, like, they have a tougher schedule, and that's going to hurt. I mean, you start the season at Dallas, then you go to Arizona. Then you go to San Francisco, then you play Seattle, then you play the Dolphins and the Bills. Like, that's a stretch that can, that can kill your season right away. So I am buying regression, but I still, I, I, like, I, res- I respect Brian Dable so much that it's hard for me to really buy into it um, and actually put my money, hard-earned money down just with the win total where it is. But, I mean, this team was really lucky last year. When you look at some of those wins, like, look at the, the win against the Baltimore Ravens, down 10 in the fourth quarter, and Lamar Jackson just starts turning the ball over at will. You look at the win week one against the Tennessee Titans. They had to come from behind. So this team made a living on coming from behind in the fourth quarter, and I don't know if that's necessarily going to work out this year. I think that's totally fair. And look, the reason I'm hesitant to fire on the under is the coaching and what they're able to do maybe in becoming a more dynamic offense. Watching Jalen Hyatt, the Tennessee burner, Raheem, he could fly. Watching him at camp today, he could fly. Darren Waller, huge if. He's talented. He's a playmaker, but are you going to have him on the field for a good amount of games? That's why I think that seven and a half total is legit perfect for the Giants. They might be more talented. They might have more to work with on this roster, and they might win eight or nine games. I think that's a distinct possibility. Okay, so Raheem, by the way, and listen, he is a straight shooter. He picked the Giants to make the playoffs last year and was the only guy in America who picked the Giants to make the playoffs last year. So I want to applaud you for that. You work in Philadelphia and you live in Philadelphia, but you are a Dallas Cowboys fan. So I'm going to tell you to be Mr. Gambling Objective here. Not Mr. Cowboy fan, not Mr. Philadelphia. The NFCs. Who do we like more in the NFCs this year? Is it Dallas? Or is it the defending NFC champs? And you know this, Raheem, about this division. It's topsy-turvy. It's tough winning the NFCs back-to-back years. Who do we like to win this division? Yeah, I mean, as you guys know, no one's won this the NFC East in consecutive years since 2004. It's about 18 years. The Philadelphia Eagles did it. And I don't think they're going to do it this year. I mean, they lost five defensive starters, including both linebackers and safeties. You, you lose both coordinators. I just think last year, the Eagles, even though Jalen Hurts, they went 14-1 with him in the lineup. They just had a really easy schedule. And I just think things get tougher this year. I really like Dallas. And I'm not saying that just because I'm a Cowboys fan. When I look at this Cowboys team, this is a team that was second in EPA per play on defense, top 10 in EPA per play on offense, and Dak missed five games. And this is a guy who turned the ball over at will. I expect his turnovers to regress this season. And when they regress this season, I, I think I just think that puts the Cowboys in a terrific spot because that defense isn't going anywhere. With Dan Quinn in the lineup, and then you add a Stephon Gilmore, you add a, a, a Brandon Cooks, you get rid of Zeke. Like, get rid of Zeke is going to make them much more efficient on offense because this guy was basically a platter. So I really like this Cowboys team. I just think the Eagles are going to take a step back. I don't expect them to stay 
as healthy as they were last year. Last year, they were like the third healthiest team in the NFL. And we all know you can't really stay healthy like consistently. That, that tends to regress. So I'm going with the Cowboys. Okay. First couple of weeks, are you going to be targeting Philadelphia as a fade team? Not just week one. Forget about week one. We got a long way to go, Raheem, before we're breaking down week one games. But just like your, your thoughts now for like the first four to six weeks, are you buying that we're going to see a Super Bowl hangover maybe from the Eagles? And because of the fact that they were in the Super Bowl last year, we can get some good prices fading them starting off the year? Oh, yeah, I definitely think so. I think I actually think week one against the Patriots. And I'm not saying it's just because we're on the ringer and Bill Simmons told us to say this. but Well, I you know what? We- it's the lesser of two evils. I can't stand either team. So, I mean, take your pick <laughs> with Philly or New England. So, I mean, it's the lesser of two evils, bro. Yeah, but, I mean, Super Bowl losers, they tend to have a hangover the following year. A part of that is, I mean, you tend to lose pieces from that, fr- from your roster. But part of that is also because the numbers are inflated and they're laying four and a half on the road to New England. So, and I don't expect New England to be nearly as bad as they were last year since they've dropped Matt Patricia. So I definitely think you can come into this year and you can find good spots to fade the Eagles. All right, Dream, let's get to the AFC East. For my money, could be the best division in football. Buffalo has won it each of the last three years. Miami has had a winning record each of the last three years and was in the playoffs last season. New England, Still has Bill Belichick as their head coach. But here in New York, Aaron Rodgers has come to town. The Jets are smelling the opportunity maybe to get to the postseason for the first time in a decade. Let's start with their win total. Is it properly priced in your opinion? The Jets right now on FanDuel are at nine and a half wins. Is that spot on in your opinion? You know, at one point I thought it was spot on, but... I'm starting to think it's actually not spot on. And I'm starting to think that you can go under because we mentioned the schedule earlier. The schedule is absolutely brutal. And that scares me. And look, they have Nathaniel Hackett as the offensive coordinator. And to me, he had one of the worst coaching jobs in NFL history last year. And you put him with Aaron Rodgers. And like last year, Aaron Rodgers was 21st in EPA for play. This was not the same Aaron Rodgers of old. And I don't know if Aaron Rodgers behind a bad offensive line with Nathaniel Hackett is going to be able to make it. Now, I expect this defense to remain solid. They were six in EPA per play last year. Robert Sala is, you know, was one of the top coordinators with the San Francisco 49ers. He's brought that defense over here. But I, I'm just not buying the offense. And I think the schedule is is just so scary that you almost could go under. And then you could almost, if, if it starts to go the other way, if this team is three and three after six games, you could still kind of buy out of it. But the the first six games could absolutely collapse their season. You mentioned this when we were doing our previews, which, by the way, you should check out on the Ring of Gambling feed. We have every division broken down, soup the nuts, picks, all sorts of stuff. We're going to have it throughout the year in addition to what we're doing on New York, New York, and what Raheem's doing over at the Philly pod. Um, The idea of an alternate win total in the second half, is that something, Raheem, because of how front-loaded the Jets' early season schedule is? You brought this up. When would be the moment for you you start thinking, all right, whenever they put those adjusted win totals, I got to pounce? I'm actually thinking, of like, right after week six against the Eagles. I think that's that's the time. Like, if they're if they're two and four or, you know, they're one and five, like, that, their season could be over. Or, you know, if they're three and three, 
that shows me that they can kind of weather the storm and then maybe you might want to take them to, to make the playoffs. So it just really depends on how they navigate that, that, that first six weeks because that's everything. And then right after the Eagles, they have a bye. Um, they have a bye and then they face New York and then they, place, they face the Chargers. So those first six weeks are really going to determine everything. And I think you can look to figure out what you want to do from there. The division odds are fascinating, dude. Buffalo the favorite. You understand why. Josh Allen, they've won it each of the last three years. They're a plus 120. The Jets are ahead ever so slightly of the Miami Dolphins. Jets are at plus 250. Miami is at plus 290. New England is at plus 800. If I told you you had to make a bet on one of those four teams to win the division, Raheem, who would you bet on? Uh, so this is tough. So it, it was Miami for me. And I think I'm still going to stick with Miami. I think the one thing that scared me is the fact that Jalen Ramsey got hurt. Like, he's going to be a big addition for that team. Like, I expected, like, like they struggled at corner last year. You're a Dolphins fan. So, like, you know all about their struggles on defense. But to me, if Tua is healthy, this was a, a team that was 8-3 and three with him in the lineup last year. And they absolutely dominated teams when he was out there. I think they outscored teams by 30 points with Tua in the lineup and got outscored by 28 points when he wasn't in the game. So if he's healthy, they're going to the playoffs, and they have a chance to win this division. So I'm going to ride with them just because I, I like the value with it. Interesting. Um, when it comes to Buffalo, do you kind of look at Buffalo as a team that missed their window, that missed their opportunity? Or is it the case? Because Raheem, last year when we were doing these shows, Every so-called expert picked the Buffalo Bills to win the Super Bowl. I didn't. I don't think you did. But every quote-unquote expert, Buffalo, Buffalo, Buffalo. Like, I hear that. I'm like, nah, I'm out. There's, there's no way in the world I'm picking them. This year, I'm not hearing any of that with the Buffalo Bills. Now, you could argue they have a top-heavy roster. There's questions about the relationship of Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs. Their secondary gets a year older, even though Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde are back and Von Miller's back, but can he stay on the field? Where do you stand with the Buffalo Bills? Are you looking at them and saying legitimate Super Bowl contender? Or are they a team where you're saying in a tough AFC, in a tough AFC East, maybe they're a team that could maybe miss the playoffs altogether? I think when you look at the Buffalo Bills and you look at the fact that they have Josh Allen, as long as they have Josh Allen, they're always going to be a contender, but I'm really concerned about the offensive line. And we saw last year, after he got hurt, he was no longer the same. And they're highly dependent on Von Miller, who clearly is getting older. So there's questions about the offensive line. There's, there's questions about the relationship with Stefan Diggs. That's a little scary for me. And then the AFC is so strong that, honestly, like it just would not surprise me with their schedule because the AFC East schedule as a whole is, is, is scary. It wouldn't surprise me if they missed the playoffs. Like, if I had to take anything between them missing the playoffs and, and, and winning the Super Bowl, I'm taking them to miss the playoffs. Because to me, Josh Allen still hasn't proven, as good as he is, he hasn't proven that he can get it done when it matters. Fascinating. Very, very fascinating. Okay, buddy. I'm giving you a full board now. We'll take the AFC East and the NFC East out of it. Give me one over and give me one under that our New York, New York audience can rally behind. Because listen, they may, not, they may not want to get involved with the Jets mm. or the Giants or with Dallas or my Dolphins. I can, I can understand why. But now I'm giving you the full board across the board in the NFL. Give me one mm. over. Give me one under. 
All right, for their over win, go with the Dallas Cowboys over nine and a half wins. You're just I, trying I just to think- torture the New York audience. I think you're just trying to need it that much more. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. Yeah, we're, we're going to Dallas Cowboys over nine and a half wins. I, I, I really love this team. I just think their defense gives them a really high floor. And you spoke about it earlier. NFC is weak. It, it's super weak. So, like, I, I just think they have a real shot at winning the Super Bowl this year. So, I'm going to Dallas Cowboys over nine and a half wins. All right, and then, interestingly over, enough. Give me an under. Interest, interestingly enough, one stat I read about the Cowboys. 78% of the public is actually taking their under this year for some really? reason. I, yeah. Really? Yeah. I'm surprised by that. I feel like America loves betting on the Cowboys. Now I guess I, they want to so fade too. the Cowboys. Yeah, I thought so too. So I'm, I'm going to go with the Cowboys there. If I have to go with one under, um, I'm going to go with, I'm going with the Minnesota Vikings. And a lot of people won't want to take this. Obviously, this is a team that, <laughs> they overperformed their Pythagorean expectation very heavily last year. They were like 13 and four and they won like 11 games by one score or less. I have to bet on that regression. This is a team that probably finished more like an eight wing team last year. And automatically, that's just an automatic fade for me. So that's what I'm going with. I like it. Cowboys over, Minnesota Vikings under. Raheem Palmer. A part of East Coast Buys, the show I am on, along with Joe House. You can check it out on FanDuel TV and on the Ringer Gambling feed. So we got all that cooking. We have some big plans coming up for the football season that you're going to hear about, Raheem, within the next few days and the next few weeks. Uh, Right now, mum is the word on that, but I know you and I are chomping at the bit uh, to get this season going. So, bro, uh, I guess I'll see you on Tuesday. And, hey, anytime you want to come by New York, New York, bro, you know, don't be a stranger. Uh, oh, yeah, I definitely will. I mean, I don't want to piss your audience off too much. They know that, I mean, anybody who listens to the Ringer Gambling Show knows that I predicted the Yankees to miss the postseason. <laughs> it looks like they're going to win tonight. But, I mean, this Yankees team, they look dead in the water. It's unfortunately because both of the New York teams were supposed to make some huge noise this season. And I don't, I don't know what happened. Two major flops. The Mets are dead. They're playing spring training over the final two months. And uh, the Yankees are plus money in a big way to make the playoffs. That's basically all you need to know uh, going into this first weekend of August. Buddy, love you. Thanks for a few minutes. And I will see you next week to break down the AFC and the NFC South. So uh, buckle up. All right, no doubt. That's our main man, Raheem Palmer. We'll come back. The great Larry, ready for us. A little trivia. I love it. It's up next. All right, Larry. Um, We did not do trivia on Sunday. Schedule's been a little over the place. So for the time being, we're going to go with trivia on Thursday until I say so, probably until the start of football season. Don't make the switch back. But I am ready for you. Uh, I did not have an immaculate grid, so hopefully I have an immaculate trivia session with you. Let's hear it. Yeah, Jay Larry. Question one. Currently, what major league team is 0-10 in extra innings? Second question. Of all qualified hitters in the American League in OPS, Atani's one. Who's two? I'm out. Okay. Um, the extra inning question, I'm going to have no idea. I, I could just tell you that right out of the gate. I, I could guess a zillion teams. I don't think there's any way I'm going to get it. Let- let's do the OPS one second. Qualifying hitters. I don't think Judge is a qualifying hitter. 
I don't think Jordan Alvarez is a qualifying hitter. Number two, OPS behind Otani. I'm going to say, Stefan, is Dodgers first baseman Freddie Freeman. It is not Freddie Freeman. He's got to be up there, but that was not the correct guess. Okay. Second guess. Braves outfielder Ronald Acuna. Going with two guys who've had monster years. All right, third guess. Third guess. Braves first baseman, Matt Olson. <laughs> Not good. Not good. I mean, I'm like going through in my head. Guys who are having monster years. Monster campaigns. Second in OPS, qualifying hitters. Is it um Seeger from the Do- from not from the Dodgers from the Rangers? Mm. All right, American and National League, Stefan. American League, Jay. American League. Okay. Is it Garcia from the Rangers? Mm. I mean, it's got to be somebody. I thought of Texas, no. Who the hell am I missing? Oh, I, I maybe it's this guy. Is it Luis Rob, uh, Robert? <laughs> what division, Stefan? The division is the current one the Yankees play in American League East. The, the East, eh? The East. Qualifying hitters. OPS. Probably somebody on Tampa that I'm just blanking on. I don't think it's Rutschman. Is it Bo Bichette? <laughs> this is Larry. I, I thought I would have nailed this a while ago. And I've given you like 10 guesses. I don't think it's anybody on Boston. Is it um a Rose Norena? Mm. All right, I give up. Who the hell is it? It was his teammate, Yandy Diaz, nine oh four. Yandy Diaz. I told you it was going to be one of those guys on Tampa. They got like ten zillion guys with high OPSs, and I missed on Yandy Diaz. Nice job, boy. Nice job. Uh, the team that's that's winless in extra innings. I mean, this is this is going to be impossible. I'm taking three guesses, and I'm just going to tip my cap and call Larry my daddy tonight. Um, you got to go with teams that play a lot of close games and lose a lot of close games. Kansas City Royals. Mm. Oh, for one. Uh, Oakland A's. Mm. All right, I'm taking one more guess, and I'm going to say it's not a team that you know is as bad as those two. The Anaheim Angels. Mm. Uh, who is it, Stefan? These questions today. Jeez. One Jeez. of the more uninspiring, and they let us down. Very high expectations teams this year. The San Diego Padres. The Padres. Okay. 
Did not know that the Padres are winless in extra innings. So that's maybe something we should make a mental note of. If we see the Padres go and play an extra inning game, then maybe we hop on the live line and take whoever the hell they're playing because they can't win an extra inning game. So that's maybe something we got to start taking advantage of. Anyway, before we say goodbye, Jeff Money, same game parlay on FanDuel, just didn't go great. At the Yankees, we couldn't nail the player props. Friday card, Major League Baseball. Take it away, sir. What up, JJ? Jeff Money here with a handicapper picks. This will be for Friday the 4th. I came up with three Major League Baseball games. First play my money play. Now, I usually don't like to go over 140, but I just have to on this one. I'm going with the Baltimore Orioles, minus the 145 over the New York Mets, who just can't even score anymore. Uh, game number two, I'm going with the L.A. Angels, plus the 105 over the Seattle Mariners. And finally, I'm going to go with the Arizona D-backs plus the 120 over the Minnesota Twins. Again, three plays. We're going to go with the Orioles minus the 145, the Angels plus the 105, and the D-backs plus the 120. And let's see what you've got on your end. And everyone can always follow all my daily plays on Twitter at Jeff Money. Okay, JJ, I'm out of here. Let's go. Well, listen, impossible to back the Mets right now. Impossible to back the Mets. With the way they looked in Kansas City and with the way Baltimore's playing, they played really well in Toronto. That seems like a layup. Publix all over the Red Sox tomorrow. But the problem is you want to back Manoa, who's been better as of late. All you need to know, Manoa's been better. He's down to a 5.87 ERA after they brought him back up from the minor leagues. Don't love the baseball card tomorrow. If I gave you one, I'd go heads up with you. I'd take Seattle with Castillo on the mound against Detmers in Anaheim. And that line has moved. Open Anaheim minus 130. Now I'm seeing Seattle minus 120. So that's one. You want a baseball play? I'll give you a uh, baseball play. And we'll food for thought. I've locked in two division bets right now. I'm going to tell you one of them now. And I'll probably tell you the other one the next time we do a podcast. I bet the Atlanta Falcons to win the NFC South. I like the idea of finding value in that division. I'm not betting on the Saints. I think they're very overrated. I think their team is in decline. I think the coach stinks. I'm not a core guy. I'm out on the Saints. Carolina, I think, is a year away. Tampa is clearly a team in transition. That Arthur Smith can coach. They can coach offense, and they got some players. B. John Robinson, Kyle Pitts, Drake London. Even though there's questions about the quarterback, I think in a bad division, Atlanta is going to get to like eight or nine wins and win it. So that is the first NFL bet that I'm going to give you guys. I feel like I'm going to do this now at the end of the show. I'm going to give you like one per show, per show, per show. And we can keep a tally and maybe keep a running tab leading up to our final week before the start of the regular season when we'll do all division picks. We'll have the official over-unders. Um, we'll have week one with all the NFL guys. It's going to be here before you know it. So uh, buckle up. Buckle up. All right. Good stuff. We'll be back Sunday. Uh, please tell me the Mets are not playing on Sunday night. I haven't even looked yet. They're not playing on Sunday night, are they? I've had enough Mets Sunday night games or Yankees Sunday night games. They're not. Okay. So we can actually do the podcast a little earlier. On Sunday. So Sunday night, you'll have the pod in your feeds. Good job by Steph. We're back. Enjoy your weekend. 
These summer August weekends are dwindling down. Football, my wedding before that. Be here before you know it. On that note, yeah, be good, everybody. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or Visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut. 1-800-9 with it in Indiana. 1-800-522-4700. Or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas. 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia. Or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 1-800-327-5050. For 24-7 support in Massachusetts, or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York. This episode is brought to you by Empower. You got money questions like, can I retire early? What are my best savings options? Can I afford to pay for my kid's education? Luckily, Empower has all the answers. With Empower's real-time dashboard and real live conversations, you get clarity on your real-life financial goals. So join 18 million Americans and Empower What's Next. Start today at Empower.com. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Sponsored by Empower, not an endorsement or a statement of satisfaction by a client.